Never thought you'd ever let me see your face again. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. You can find the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from New York, my guest is a singer, songwriter, piano player, whose latest release, a six-song EP entitled Now and Then, came out a few months ago and followed two full album releases and another EP. His original music has even aired on the Sci-Fi Network, And he has worked with many notable artists, including having performed backup vocals for Adele at Radio City Music Hall in New York in November 2015, a performance that was later televised by NBC. He also played piano in a recent Five for Fighting Christmas special. Plus, as a musical director and producer, he performed with and directed Scarborough, a band featuring frontman Joe Scarborough from MSNBC, including performing with that band on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert and ABC's The View. You've been hearing a song of his entitled Empty Coffee Cups. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Nicholas Wells. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is a uh, pleasure to be chatting with you about uh, the music. Um, yeah, so uh, em- Empty Coffee Cups, actually. Um, I, that was the single... I, yeah, I like to say off of the uh, the previous album that I released called uh, Stumbling Forward, and um, so the the funny thing about that song actually is uh, we had finished recording uh, the full album, and then I wrote this song, mm. and I I called up my friend um, who would do a lot of work together, a lot of pr- production of my own music and and other artists. And, um, I, I just played a little for him and he was just like, you know, in so many words, darn it, we got to get back into the studio. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I was just very inspired to write this song. Um, true story about, uh, meeting up with somebody at a coffee shop, uh, at the end of a relationship, trying to find some closure and mm. it's, um, it's it's really sort of the uh, sudden realization midway through that uh, <laughs> that this was a bad idea, <laughs> oh. um, and uh, yeah. So after after uh, that event, I uh, I actually had to do uh, I was doing some work in a studio with another artist, and the session ended up going until maybe one in the morning, something like that. But through that whole time, uh, I just had that feeling I was holding on to that I, I needed to get out. I needed to turn into something. And, and, uh, as, as soon as the artist left the studio, I went over to the piano and I just started playing and the emotion came out in the piano and I sat there and I said, I have to get this out. And I spent, you know, until maybe three, four in the morning Mm. there, just, just getting all the, all the words, all the music, it just came out in one shot. And that's where, that's where I wrote the song. So how challenging is that to be working with another artist and all of a sudden a great song idea comes in your head where (laughs) you're kind of saying, okay, I really have to remember this because I like it and I need to put it down. But at the same time, I also need to be focused on this artist that I'm working with. Oh, right exactly. Now. Well, in this case, it was more so um, hanging on to the feeling. Um, mm. I, I wasn't sitting there. It, it's not like the melody popped into my head okay. right there, but okay. I, I had I had the feeling I was holding on to. But there are other times where I will I will suddenly have an, an idea for a, I hear a song sound in my head or something and I pull out an app on my phone and I sing into it and then okay. uh, the app actually just uploads it directly to this songwriting folder I have in my Dropbox and oh, I, nice. I go back yeah when I have some time then I go back later I go through all my ideas and say oh this was a good one Th- this wasn't you know <laughs> is it just a voice recorder or do you care to share with the listeners what 
your app of choice is? Uh, you know what? Let me let me. Or maybe pull it, it maybe it's a just second. a simple. I mean, I know most of our phones nowadays almost come standard with some sort of voice recorder, but I didn't know if yeah. this was one that was specific to songwriters or musicians, the music industry. It's it's very simple, but I had gotten it uh, specifically because of the capability to upload to Dropbox. Yeah. Because I, you know, it's just it's I can organize it. It automatically shows up on all my devices. So the the app is simply called Voice Recorder. Um, okay. So <laughs> I didn't go too fancy with okay. it, but it's it's got kind of like an image of a cassette tape on it. It uh, looks well. I got to cool. tell you, I love the metaphor. You know, empty coffee cups and and the message of the song that you described nicely done it's it's you know i i i say metaphor someone might say it's a great hook but but regardless uh nicely done thank you very much and and actually it's it's funny because i was uh usually when i write a song it's the um the title kind of presents itself in the chorus it's it's uh as i'm singing it oh of course that's that's the title of the Ah. song but 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 empty coffee cups isn't even in the title of the song so it was interesting in naming it because I the the last line in the chorus is there's nothing I can do, and so for a little while I kept calling it nothing I can do, and I I just I didn't like it. It just was not poetic. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the message of the song, and the in the the last um, last verse of uh, we lift our empty coffee cups and walk out into the street. To me, I I had the feeling that the coffee itself was actually symbolic of our time together mm-hmm. and the fact that we had finished. This was our only business left together. We finished it. We we took our empty coffee cups and we went our separate ways. And Absolutely. so that that made sense to me. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And, I, and I've, I've watched clients of my own you know, wrestle with a song title too much and, you know, and I'll say, well, what's the, what's the working title right now? And yeah. I'll just kind of get the shrug of the shoulders, you know, and almost like name it yourself, Bruce, or, well, right now I'm just saying blah, 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 you know, but it's like, <laughs> trust me, that's going to change. It's, it's, that's not what it's going to end up. Exactly. So it's cool what you ultimately settled on. Uh, anyhow, congratulations on your latest release. As I mentioned in the intro, your six song EP called Now and Then just came out a few months ago. You yes. feel as though this release shows a significant maturity in your songwriting and production and that you open up emotionally on a whole new level. What what do you think was the impetus for all of that? As I mentioned, uh, from a production standpoint um, and arranging and songwriting, um, I have over the years, uh, in addition to being a singer-songwriter, uh, worked with, with many different artists uh, in producing, arranging, uh, session work, background vocals, just everything. And I'd even done uh, a lot of writing with a couple people to pitch to publishers and um, and studying pop music and all, all of these things. And so um, I feel like while everything that was a part of this EP came straight from my heart and I never let anything go out that isn't, uh, I feel like I was able to refine it in a way that maybe I hadn't in the past and um, made each song speak for itself uh, rather than really having to listen into it. Uh, there are a couple of songs that are incredibly emotional on this and they start out, you just hear it in the arrangements. Um, but I think what led to the uh the emotion of this ep is it it came uh at a very difficult time in my life actually mm. after uh experiencing uh the loss of several people suddenly uh mm. and and experiencing uh, yeah, so crazy grief uh and uh figuring out you know mortality and the meaning of life and going through this entire uh struggle uh to try and find inspiration and uh when that when that happens you you sort of retreat a little bit and it's hard to be creative and then i feel like once i reached a certain point suddenly it all just started coming out and that's where i wrote i wrote probably 20 songs for this ep and then went through and decided what's the story I want to tell out of these 20 songs. And that's where 
I picked six. And I've done the full-length albums in the past. I wanted to to really have a concise story and uh, focus all of my efforts on arranging and producing and really writing the heck out of these six songs. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm I'm just I'm super proud of them. And at this point, actually uh, sitting here scratching my head, like, oh man, I got to do this again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, Nicholas, hats off to you though, because you know, from the category of fight or flight, in the time that someone goes through that you described and it sounds like it was very very emotional that's a point where someone can choose to just completely shut down and in the case of songwriting just completely close yourself off and say i'm music what what is that i'm not doing music you know forget all this and and kind of that mad at the world thing and granted you went through you know the, the the grieving and the healing but at the same time you also rallied around it and said, okay, you know what? I'm going to let this kind of reinvigorate me musically. And although I've always put my best foot forward, this is going to help me, coupled with the experience of working on other people's projects, to really take this next one to a whole new level. That's that's definitely it. And I just felt the need to expose myself in a way that I hadn't before. And, and I've, I have always been very transparent, I feel, but this in particular, um, I guess, you know, writing songs has always been this outlet that has meant so much to me in, in my life. And, and, um, it's, it's helped me to wear my emotions on my sleeve. You know, sometimes when you're going through something, you want to just, grab somebody and say, ah, this is what's happening to me right now. Please mm-hmm, help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so this, this, some of these songs were a little bit of that. And um, I, I just wanted to put it out there and and have the listeners uh, hear, hear what's happening. And really what I found is that a lot of people had were just completely related to it because these are just things that are part of life. Yeah, and I think the listener admires you for not being afraid to be vulnerable, which, you know, is something that we've talked about a few times over the 200 episodes of this show, is that Mm. a songwriter, eventually you're going to have to put yourself in a vulnerable position. I don't want to say if you want to succeed, but let's face it, you you start to run out of ideas, and if you're going to draw from your own personal experiences— well, yeah. you need to be willing to be vulnerable, and so I'm I'm hearing that the that the listeners are appreciating you doing that for them with these songs. Sure, sure, and and I think it's uh, it, it's really hard to hide hide the fact if you if you write a song that's just completely mathematic and uh, and not uh, not from the heart or not uninspired, and um, I think that the listener can tell. Um, and for me. Um, it's, you know, no, no matter where this goes for me and all of my pursuits, um, it it all goes back to what it means to me. And, and, uh, to me, it's about connecting with the listener and, uh, and sharing my experiences. Yeah. Nicely said. And, And it's not too different from advice that I have given out before, which is sing lyrics that are believable, meaning if you're a 15-year-old girl, don't be singing a song about something that couldn't have possibly happened to you yet at that point yeah. in your life. Yeah, that's true. You did a video for the last song on the EP. It's a tune called Waking Up at the End, and wow, over 24,000 views already on YouTube in just two months. It's funny, I watched the video, and one of my first reactions was, I really like the orchestration on this song. Thank and then you. lo and behold, you describe it as quote, <sighs> a reflective and emotional piano and orchestrally arranged story of the fleeting nature of life. I, I know you call that song the quote unquote thesis of the EP, but I also want to compliment you on the video production itself. Really nicely done. It looks like a pro video. Talk about the making of that video. Well, thank you very much. Um, yeah, the, for sure. I, I, the actually... It's funny that that's that's the thing that you noticed the uh, the arrangement. I I wrote this song, uh, piano vocals. It was two in the morning, and it was one of those ones again that just came out dealing with the pace of life. And it, um, 
and and it flying by and suddenly realizing that I'm at a point that I always felt would be just kind of a someday, you know, someday away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote it on piano vocals. I played it for some people. And it, it was actually every reaction, every person I played it for sort of sat down and had this sort of like mo- uh, momentary crisis of mm-hmm. uh, just just really uh, a lot of emotion. And I I was so proud of it. I've always been a tremendous fan of movie scores and how emotion can come across without even words with just the the dynamics and the inner working harmonies of movie scores and so i spent a lot of time i said this this arrangement has to be uh it has to be good it has to work to the song and make it uh, what it is. So I, I'm really happy that you you noticed that I, I worked very hard on that. But back to the the video itself. Um, so I had spent the whole summer trying to figure out now video wise for possibly at least for me, one of my favorite songs on the EP. How am I going to take this to that next level? Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to just shoot a video of me playing piano or whatever. It's It's got to tell this story. And um, it, it eventually came to me. Uh, the, the, the location where it's filmed is a place that I used to go as a kid, actually, and just go hang out. And there would be no one there at this mm. old park. And I'd sit on the the bleachers. I'd sit there, and I you know, I'd think about life and my songs and everything. And I thought about the idea of getting because the song starts out with the line, uh, "I'm 11 years old," um, and so we uh, I I found a, a kid who had similar. Uh, hair color, dressed like me, and uh, who was 11 years old. And mm. it, the, the video is of me observing uh, this kid sort of doing what I used to do, hitting a ball to himself, running the bases. But I felt that each each base going around was a milestone in life. And he he was so eager to run these bases that before, before he knows it, he's going to end up at, at home and... The meaning of the song is that if if you don't stop and take a look around once in a while, you're going to just kind of keep waking up every couple, you know, every 10 years and being that much closer to the end. Yeah. And um, so actually, I um, I pretty much filmed the video entirely myself. Wow. Actually. Wow. Uh, uh, it's just in a in an effort to continue to uh make this a sustainable effort of mine <laughs> it's uh it's kind of necessary actually to to learn all uh facets of the uh the production so i uh over the years have uh have really and actually as even as a kid i've always been interested in movies um but over the years especially i've uh uh really uh gotten deep into video production and uh, cinematography. And so uh, there's, uh, there were a lot of times where I was just out there by myself with a tripod wow. <laughs> filming myself. You used the word score when you were talking before about the actual song. And I thought, well, what normally gets scored? A film. And so yes. it's appropriate you know, that you did choose to turn this into a video, like you said, that is telling a story. It's not you sitting at the piano playing. And exactly. as I said, it looks, the, the just the visuals. I was going to ask you, you know, did you hire a, cr- a crew? How much did you have to pay? So you did a great <laughs> job of it. I, I guess I should ask you, in case anyone wants to take a look at it, um, from a production standpoint, what kind of camera did you use? And then uh, what did you use? For, do you, are you on Final Cut? Or, or what, what went into the actual making? Well, so I actually uh, last year decided because after doing a couple of videos with a production team, um, the the costs were tremendous and it was uh, there was no way I could sustain it. And with YouTube and everything, I the thing I found, too, about songs, uh, if you release an album, a, a lot of people end up only hearing 
one or two of the songs unless there's a video for it that you can post to uh, your social medias and, and all this um, everywhere. So I, I wanted to be able to have the freedom to make a video for every song uh-huh. and also just operate on my own timetable because mm-hmm. you start to involve an entire crew and suddenly the weather's got to be just right and this and that and, yeah, and it's, you're on their schedule and obviously their dime and you sort of lose control exactly and and if you have to rent equipment you rent a camera and let's say it doesn't work out that day and you've paid for the camera rental mm. so there's a lot of factors that make it extremely difficult and expensive um and so uh, about a year and a half ago i i invested in a camera that i'd done a lot of research for uh by black magic um black magic designs it's called the ursa mini uh 4.6 and uh, it shoots amazing quality video um, that I, um, I mean, at least just the dynamic range between the, the brights, the, uh, the highlights, the shadows, um, and it just captures amazing color that I have a lot of flexibility to work with in post. And so in post, actually in buying the camera, it comes with a free copy of DaVinci Resolve, which mm. is... Uh, actually an industry standard mm-hmm. in uh, in coloring so it uh, it was a, a, a really it was definitely a, a big uh, uh, big investment but I think it's it's been really well worth it I've done a lot of videos with it and actually even used the camera to do um, live streaming performances straight from my my home studio that I can uh, broadcast out to to everybody and it uh and I, f- I feel like the picture quality definitely shows well and and it was worth it to the tune of as i mentioned twenty four thousand plus views for that video you also did a video for the first single off the ep and that one has gotten twenty seven thousand views in just three months going back a bit you've got a video for another one of your original songs that has one hundred and thirty one thousand views in two years for the benefit yes. of those listeners who are aspiring artists, what do you attribute this success on YouTube to? Uh, one of the things I found with YouTube is, um, obvi- I mean, obviously, it's it's got to be quality. I've I've never wanted to just continue to pump out something that was that I didn't feel like was my best. Um, but that being said, I think that there's a lot to be said for quantity. Even if every single video isn't movie quality production, just the regularity and um, consistency of releasing cover songs, uh, acoustic versions of songs, the way I like to put it is that it's like putting more nets out there. Uh, because just the, the more nets out there, the more people and the more fans are going to, you know, Mm. get caught and Mm -hmm. find your stuff. So, uh, any, anything I've been trying to do, I, I got sort of caught up in the, the release of my, uh, my album and getting my own videos out, but, uh, I want to get back to definitely doing a lot more regular, uh, releasing of just covers that I, um, that I can just record from my, uh, my home studio. Um, and you put it out there with the title of the song. It's someone else's song, but you do a interesting rendition of it. And they're a lot of fun and, and the fans really enjoy them as well to hear you get to sing someone else's song. So I think that that, uh, definitely helped me build up a fan base. Um, there, there is, there's social media. You have to post it everywhere and you have to get everybody to share it. It's, uh, a lot of people don't realize how limiting, um, actually Facebook and Twitter can be based on how many people you're following. Uh, if, if someone's following a thousand people, you have a very small chance of that person getting a glimpse of what you're posting. So you really have to continue to post it and, and get other people to share it and, mm. and get it to build. Um, and, and the other thing, lastly, is it does not hurt to uh, boost the video um, 
with uh, with some advertising and uh, um, YouTube promotion. Yeah, boost it within YouTube. You're not talking about boosting a Facebook post. You're talking about paid promotion on YouTube itself. Yes, on yeah. YouTube. You okay. can, uh, especially with like covers and stuff, you you know, you can have your video show up alongside uh, another another famous artist's uh, or uh, official version okay. of that. And okay. uh, so... It's okay. uh, every every little bit helps. <laughs> Listeners, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but it bears repeating. If you're looking to professionally capture sound for video, or heck, if like Nicholas, you're recording an EP or even just a single or maybe a full album, or for that matter, even if you're just a home hobbyist, you really want to be looking at Tascam to help with your various equipment needs. If you have listened to enough episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment, you know that I use Tascam gear to record this show. You would be amazed at where their stuff is being used and who is using it. In fact, stop by and talk with them in person at the NAM show in Anaheim, California in late January if you'll be there. I will, so say hello to me at the Tascam booth at the NAM show as well. And meanwhile, check out their full line of equipment at Tascam.com. Nicholas, speaking of equipment, given that you attended the studio production program at the Conservatory of Music at Purchase College, uh, plus I know that back in 2005 when you were 17 years old, you released your first official self-produced home recorded album. So it seems to me as though you're doing most of the recording projects that you're involved with on your own, or am I wrong and there's a studio there in New York where you go to record, or, or maybe it's both? It's a little bit of both. Uh, for some of the stuff that I really just want to put out really quickly, the, the YouTube covers, it's I, I really do it all myself. Um, for the, the bigger projects, and, and they've grown. It started out, like I said, with the, the home, home recorded one, and even the EP after that was, was really just me. Um, then uh, with my 2010 album, Something to Believe in, uh, that's when I first, I was in college. We first started getting to work with uh, some great musicians. And I met my friend who, like I said, is still um, a partner that I work with in, in many, uh, on many projects. Um, so we, we sort of formed a team working together and um, really developed a... Um, a rhythm for for recording together um so that being said uh i i feel like the way that i go about it now and what i did for my ep is i spent several months after the writing process uh with my home recording setup and all of the midi sounds and every way that i can mock up all of my arrangements I experimented with at home and I had uh, pretty much all the sounds kind of worked out exactly how I wanted the, the song to flow and all the different turning points. And then I got together with uh, my partner, his name is Mikhail Pivovarov, um, and we we worked actually at a, a variety of different studios. There's one called uh, Carriage House Studios in uh, Stamford, Connecticut, which we love. Uh, and actually, Mikhail himself has a, uh, a an amazing home studio that uh, that we did a lot of work in. Mm. So. Um, it's a combination of, uh, I think it was very valuable to spend my time myself making the arrangements, figuring out production and, and all of that, and then going in with sort of a blueprint of exactly what sure. we wanted to record sure. for real with the real players. Gotcha. Well, getting back to the conversation we were having about the videos that you've had success with on YouTube, you started to mention that you also perform regularly via live stream to your fans over the likes of Facebook and YouTube, for example. So again, for the benefit of the folks who listen to this show to learn from guests like yourself that are having success in entertainment, how long have you been performing online? Which platform is your favorite and why have you tried any and not gone back to them? Just those types of tips. I have been doing it not very long. Uh, I started a couple of months ago, actually, a few months ago, when I finally, I had spent a while just getting it just right, figuring out all the equipment I needed, the um, 
the the converters for my camera to go into my computer and all the software I would need um, because I didn't want to just and, and you can you can just set up your phone and, and you record to your room and uh, people love it uh, and I do a lot of just connecting on Facebook live and talking to fans um, but I wanted this to really be um, a concert that people could view from their home because there are a lot of fans who are in Europe and across the country and there's mm-hmm. places that at, at this point I can't um, I, I can't just visit them all so it's I, I felt like it was a good opportunity to reach them um, now I would say uh, for for anyone out there looking to to do this um, I've used Facebook Live and um, YouTube Live and Twitter through Periscope. And I actually use a program called Wirecast, which yep. uh, can broadcast to to all three of them. Um, the one thing I would say is I, I use them. I think it's it's important to actually use them all because you have some fans on Facebook that have never been on Twitter or you have people who have found your music on YouTube that don't even know that you have a Facebook or a Twitter account and mm. this this is this just happens so um I find that it's important to uh, to play to everybody. Yeah, and it's not unlike as you and I were talking about off the air before we started recording today that some people just have their own personal favorite social media platform and they've not necessarily got anything against, let's say, Facebook Live, for example. But as you just mentioned, mm-hmm. if there's someone who just loves surfing YouTube all the time and they come across this Nicholas Wells and his YouTube videos and then they see that, oh, he performs live on YouTube sometimes too. Well, then yeah. it's good that you were there and that you didn't say, oh, Facebook is king, so I'm only going to do Facebook Live because you would have missed that guy that I just described. Exactly, exactly. And uh, the the one thing I will say from a technical standpoint is that um, Facebook, I, I, love, I love the Facebook Live aspect, especially because they're pretty good about notifying fans of when you go live mm. so anybody who follows you most people get like a little notification that says hey nicholas wells is live so they they click in um the one downside to it that is just for me who you know maybe i'm the only one who cares about <laughs> it but uh is that it's it doesn't broadcast in hd and it also only uh the audio gets broadcast in mono for uh. um which is just, uh, you know, I put a lot of effort into uh, getting some great reverbs and mixing it and, and having it really sound great. So uh, whenever I do it on YouTube and Twitter, just the the quality ends up being a little bit better. But uh, I, I still think it's important to attack from all fronts. <laughs> and have you ever tried performing on sites such as stageit.com or concertwindow.com uh websites of that nature i haven't i haven't yet uh i think the reason i haven't is because it's an extra step for fans to take that Mm. might get lost like for instance if i post a link on my facebook that says i'm going to be live on stageit uh, there's only a select amount of people who are going to see that link, and then it's going to get dis- you know, it's going to disappear in their news feed. Wow! But Great it, but if I yeah, but if I get to just go live, um, yeah, on everybody and, gets and it notifies exactly wow. exactly. Great point. Great point. Thank you. Yeah. the The other thing that I was considering that I I would like to do, and again, this has been all experimental. It's been working out really well um, because sometimes people just you know, inevitably miss a show and they're, they're disappointed. Um, I usually leave it up for a little while. Um, but what I would like to do is on my website, in addition to where I post my live show, like, um, my shows where I actually go out and and play live, um, the, the live streaming, I'd like to have another section of my calendar where people can actually, uh, know to visit to see when I'm, when and where I'm going to be live streaming next, if it's on Facebook or Twitter and, and that I feel like I can, I can post pictures on Instagram and Facebook and, and let people know the schedule. Um, 
but I, I'll, you know, I'm definitely interested in trying stage <laughs> it and, and seeing, uh, seeing what, what that has to offer. I haven't even tried it. So, okay. Well, <laughs> all the more reason listeners for you to keep up with Nicholas on social media so that you can see when he does decide to make his initial foray into one of those. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, wow, I talked to a company recently that told me of an artist that wanted an endorsement deal and made it all about themselves and not what they could do for the company they were talking to. They wanted free gear and had a definite air of entitlement about them. Learn from this mistake because it ended up with a no from the company. Even if you have to do a deal on trade and not cash, you can't get a second sponsor until you have a first. And regardless of how many you have, it has to be about why you're a fit for their company. And that doesn't just mean because I'm good and I have a lot of followers. Remember that these companies get asked daily by artists just like you and that your job is to show them you chose them for a reason and that you generally care about coming together with them and here's why. Your sincerity, your research, and your attitude of service will go a long way. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful? There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show. To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format, there is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40, 41 to 80, and 81 to 120, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. Nicholas, as 2017 ended, we saw a lot of artists posting on social media what they got from Spotify, meaning a graphic showing the number of countries, the number of streams, etc. Your song yes. Empty Coffee Cups, which we played back in the intro, has been streamed on Spotify over 160,000 times. And usually I don't spend much time talking about Spotify since artists get less than a penny for one stream. But when <laughs> the numbers are that big, it's it's definitely worth discussing. Other than promoting it on their website and social media and in their e-newsletter, is there anything that's less obvious that an artist can do to get their number of streams up on Spotify? For example, is there anything on Spotify itself that you can do or anything that an artist can do to get Spotify to, say, add their song to Spotify's own playlist? Do you, do you know how Empty Coffee Cups got so many streams? Well, so... Um... There it's so the thing is playlists are tremendous. Um, that being said, it is extremely hard and difficult to <laughs> get get on any of the official Spotify curated playlists. Uh, you have to be pulling in crazy numbers to be noticed by their curators or okay. just straight up know somebody there. Okay. However, uh, there are millions and millions of uh, people who curate their own playlists who have a hundred followers uh. or a thousand followers and this and that. And if you can, um, as an artist, if you can explore some of these, or especially find the style of music, uh, and find some of these forums or message boards or people trading playlists and stuff, and you can get people to add your song to these playlists. Um, and again, now I'm speaking, this is, this is really uh, I'm I'm opening up a lot about the the self promotion that it takes. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's a full time job mm -hmm. to do this self promotion um, because if if you don't do it, people aren't going to hear your music. Um, and so, uh, but what I will say that I 
love about Spotify. And I, I had the same reaction as you were mentioning earlier when uh, my music first started getting added to Spotify was what this is. I'm, I'm going to get a tiny fraction of a penny for a play. How the heck can I make any sort of living on this? Right. Um what I've discovered, though, is incredibly powerful is that once you actually do start to build up some momentum with Spotify and you're on a couple of playlists and their algorithm uh, recognizes you and you verify your profile and you have a certain number of fans, um, then suddenly your songs start showing up mm. in in Discover Weekly uh and and recommendation or you'll be you'll kind of show up in a stream after another song and okay. that's where suddenly the plays start really picking up and okay. then people start saving your song to their own playlists and and very good then very the numbers good. are 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 consistent and and so I've been uh very grateful with with that song and and a couple others for the okay. um okay exposure good 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 insight let's start getting into some work of yours on other artists projects for openers how did you get the opportunity to sing backup vocals for Adele at Radio City Music Hall wow it was as uh, uh, glorified as me sitting where I am right now getting a text message that said, hey, what are you doing November 17th? <laughs> <laughs> like, actually, and I read further into the text and was like, oh, yeah, I, I think I'm free. Um, so I tell everybody uh, that I work with, and it's, it's just... Um, do as many things as you can and be involved with as many projects as you can because uh, I feel like every project I've been a part of has been a result of the last one I was a part of. Mm. Someone who was a part of it that maybe I I was very helpful in a certain way and um, did a great job on something. You're... Uh, the the moment someone else has to put together a team, they think of the last person they worked with who they ah. and um so I had I had done some work with uh, with some people and um was very grateful to someone who was actually uh in the orchestra with Adele who was uh tasked with putting together the um the background group. Mm. of singers and uh and so she had uh, reached out to me and Fantastic. it was it was an incredible opportunity wow. and uh experience as well <laughs> i like it i like it that's a, that's a good lesson that's got a good message in it i am joined today by singer songwriter piano player and producer nicholas wells who is checking in on the Now Hear This Entered Him in Guest Line from New York. Visit his official website at nicholaswellsmusic.com. Once you're there, you will find links to Nicholas on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. As you heard, his music is streaming on Spotify, but do purchase his music, either a physical CD through his website or purchase digital downloads on iTunes, which you will find links to on his website. I would love to see you engaging with our social media, too, at nhte.net. There are links so you can like us on Facebook, follow on Twitter or Instagram, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Nicholas, back to other people's projects. What about the Five for Fighting Christmas special that I mentioned in the intro? How did you get to be a part of that one? That I actually had done a, a couple of years ago. I had uh, worked very briefly with uh, Five for Fighting and helping out with um, sort of being a, uh, a musical director for the the string section uh, before for some rehearsals before uh, a tour that uh, was was going to happen. And so this this Christmas special was happening. I got a call from uh, a very good friend of mine who is deeply involved with many amazing artists and uh he he does a lot of work with uh john andrasic who is the singer songwriter who is five for fighting um and uh so he he had called me mentioned that this was happening that uh, it was going to be this uh televised big production christmas special and uh you know wanted to have me on piano and mm. uh i i know john had uh i 
got in touch with John and, and we worked through uh, some of the the arrangements for, for piano. And because uh, usually John uh, accompanies himself on piano mm-hmm. and um, I, it was a different sort of show where he was he was up uh, leading the show. And it was very beautiful uh, with the the amazing set that they had there and the lighting and the whole production was just a really beautiful experience to be a part nice. of. Um, nice. So again, uh, I guess what I can say to that is uh, is just continuing to be so involved in the musical community, put, uh, putting myself out there, doing work with people, and uh, continuing to make friends and connections. Well, so last but not least project, Scarborough. You, you've done a lot with Joe and that band. I take it you must have a personal connection with him? Well, so uh, I am the musical director of uh, the band, and uh, I actually met Joe uh, three years ago or so at the Carriage House Studios, which I mentioned. Yeah. Um, and I, I get, I do a lot of work there, where um, I. The uh, the owner Johnny is an amazing guy, and uh, he you know I get called in a lot to play piano on sessions or produce or or mm. whatever, um, and so uh, I got a call that said uh, hey we got a session going on we're pull- pulling together a band, uh, come, you know come play keys. So I had no idea what it, who it was for, what it was, and I came in that day and. Um, played piano and it was uh joe scarborough who uh i had known a little bit about i know he has his show on on msnbc um but i i really uh was impressed with his incredible knowledge of uh music history and inspiration um by you know the Beatles and and many many different underground groups and he really has a, a passion for music and I was also impressed with his songwriting um, and so uh, and I guess really his his insight through all of his um, political experience and mm-hmm. just insight of the world um, so his songs definitely reflect that um, so in that session I played piano but I I also did my best to guide the session he he would sit down and he'd play guitar and say alright this is the song and so I pulled out some sheets and started writing everybody charts and as soon as he was done I had charts for everybody we photocopied mm. them and uh, we got we you know we recorded the songs and I stuck around and and really helped guide the the arrangements and nice. and and help the whole thing and so from there um at a later later date uh Joe got in touch with me um separately and uh and said that I I'd love to work with you uh let's pull together a band and um let's let's make this thing serious and Great. So yeah, we we uh, we pulled together a band, and it was a, many people that I've worked with in the past, and uh, have a lot of fun uh, playing the music. We learned uh, a a big group of songs that were sort of the initial push before we even recorded. Uh, well, before we even released anything, we had uh-huh. done a lot of recording. Um, but then we were constantly gigging and, and playing in New York and, um, I was doing a lot of, uh, promotion for the band through my own avenues as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, uh, we got a, a deal with, uh, Sony Red, uh, for distribution uh, and that's, that's when we started to yeah, actually yeah. put out EP after EP for, you know, five months straight. <laughs> Well, you know, we talk all the time in the show about how being an indie artist is work. It's your job. Yes. It's it's a business. The behind the scenes stuff is not real glamorous, but when you do get to perform with Adele at Radio City and you do get to perform with Scarborough on the late show with Stephen Colbert and ABC's The View, does it make it all worth it? The the daily grind seeing your hard work pay off? Yeah, it's uh it's so weird yeah, because there are the highs and the lows yeah. and uh and sometimes you know when I do have uh some of the slower moments I have to have the self-discipline to plan for the future and think about what's my next goal and how am I going to keep growing. Um but yeah, the uh 
the exciting moments I I take a picture of, and it's it's part of my photo album. It's uh, I, you have to you have to appreciate those moments, no matter what's going on or what what else, what other pursuits I'm 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 working towards. Yeah, when I I'm up there and I'm I'm playing on the uh, in the Ed Sullivan Theater, and Stephen Colbert came up and shook my hand. I'm like, yeah, all right. Here's a here's a little snapshot that's going to go into the memory bank. Well, you know, and I think it's kind of you're you're practicing what you preach because you can go out and give people all this advice about be a connector and be a giver and leave people with a positive impression of their time that they spent with you, but until you can say, in fact, this is how I got the Adele gig. And in fact, this is how I got the Five for Fighting gig. And in fact, this mm-hmm. is how I ended up working with Scarborough. You know, then it is just kind of blowing smoke and people are going, well, everybody says that. But, you know, where are these connections, these these attempts at connecting with people gotten this guy? And here you are saying, you know, not only did it get me connected with these folks, but you know what? When I talked about being at three o'clock in the morning writing that song idea, Mm-hmm. It, it made it worth it being up until 3 a.m. when, oh, by the way, I was performing on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert and I was on The View on ABC, etc. Oh, exactly, exactly. And uh, what I always say is that um, everything you do pushes the ball forward. And sometimes I have to remind myself of that, but um, it, you just can't be uh, complacent. You just have to put yourself out there and just keep doing and the more you do it'll lead you down any path that will open up more opportunities uh i love it you know i love it nicholas we're going to close today with the first single from your new ep a song called what i'm here for this listeners is the song that i mentioned got twenty seven thousand views in three months on youtube so before we let you go nicholas tell the listeners all about this song please so I wrote this song, uh, and it was a uh, it was kind of countering uh, much of the darkness of the album that I, I talked about <laughs> being inspired to write. Um, but but it, it's a very important part. Um, the what it's about is actually finding the inspiration and the meaning in life from being there for others or someone else um and and i know there's a tendency when you go through something to withdraw and you have to take care of yourself but there is an amazing um uh amazing part of of being there for somebody else and helping and making a difference um and that I think that that was something that I really wanted to touch on. And this is about someone in, in particular. But I, I think that the the general idea is uh, universal. Um, and actually what I expanded the the uh, idea to be about was in the, the music video. Um, this video has my two cats in it. And it actually shows me taking care of the cats and... While I didn't write the song about the two cats, and I wrote it about it in, you know, about someone in particular and um, how it felt to be there for someone, um, the story behind the cats is that actually this this past April, um, well, actually earlier than that, in uh, about a year ago, there was a feral cat that started showing up uh, at my door. And uh, it was in the snow. It would come through the snow and I would put out some food and it would show up every day and it would eat. Mm. Um, and, and I felt so bad that it was out in the cold. And, and actually, it was sort of serendipitous because a year before that, I had actually had to put um, my cat down. Mm. And I, I felt that I just could not get over that and have another uh, pet mm-hmm. and this this cat that was coming around reminded me that there are so many other animals and there are so many people out there who who just who need your help yeah. um, and whether or not you're ready or not it, you know um, and so I, I think eventually what happened is there were some shelters that came through uh, the area here and they they picked up a lot of the stray cats and and um, 
found a shelter for them. So I, I, the cat stopped coming around. But uh, come April, I decided uh, I'm going to go make a difference and I'm going to be there and take care of, of something. So I started and I, I went to a couple of shelters and I found the two cats and the joy that they brought me and the joy that it brought to know that I have changed these cats' lives and and the love that they give in return is just something so special. So when I posted this video, I, I wrote, it's about being there for someone or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and what I, I found, what really moved me is that actually in a couple of cases, uh, I, I found stories of people reaching out to local shelters uh, for su- to support in in mm. this uh, this message that I was trying to put forward, and even pictures from some fans uh, who were inspired to go out and adopt themselves. Wonderful. Um, so it was Wonderful. just really that's that's the kind of thing that means the most to me. I mean, what 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 can be better than that? That's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas, good stuff. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, congratulations on all your success. Uh, Happy New Year. Best <laughs> for 2018. I really and enjoyed you talking too. to you. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me here. It was such a pleasure cho- uh, talking with you. Absolutely. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. Many, many thanks to my guest, singer, songwriter, pianist, and producer Nicholas Wells. Do visit his official website, nicholaswellsmusic.com, and then engage with him on social media. So that means like his Facebook page, follow him on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to his YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell him you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. And of course, do purchase his music. There are physical CDs available on nicholaswellsmusic.com, or you can purchase digital downloads from iTunes. Again, our social media, just go to nhte.net and then click on the corresponding icons to go over and like us on Facebook, follow on Twitter or Instagram, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Nicholas Wells. This is the one he just talked about. It's called What I'm Here For.
you a cup of coffee, but you can't get along. I carry you home, leave it all.